Without much to talk about this weekend, welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to episode 270 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and you're listening along with me to English Dumb. Hello and welcome. I was just trying to get around your phrasing with that. Yeah. Like, along with me. Yeah. Uh, whatever. That's fine, yeah. I can't really we'll get today, to be honest. <laughs> no one wants to really speak, so we'll, we'll get through it however we can. And Andres. Hello. Hello and welcome to me too, to this. It's my first time here in the living room of the new... English dance residence. Very nice, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. He's, oh, done, okay. he's done well for himself. Well, thank you. Um, I would at this point take you through the weekend's um, results from the weekend just gone. In fact, I had looked them up online to do so before realising, or rather remembering, uh, that there aren't any because there wasn't any Superliga football or any lower division football. No. Only a national very match, but I think it was a, a postponed oh, match. Friday, yeah. possibly. Yes, yeah. but the rift against the. Yeah. This was, as Andres and I mentioned last week, yes. due to the uh, elections which mm-hmm. took place in Argentina over the weekend. It's forbidden to have any fun in Argentina on a weekend when there were elections, mm-hmm. so we didn't have any football. Um, Apparently fun makes you vote badly. Indeed. But, you know, so, I'm not going to say anything. Instead of football, guys, we're just going to talk about whatever we did at the weekend. What did you two do? Uh, I managed to break the leather with, by eating a lots of chorizo and drinking lots of wine. Well done. And then working a lot, pretty hungover, which wasn't that as much fun. Andres? I just went to boat and ate with my family and nothing uh, much particular. Uh, of course, I missed, missed football because it's strange. Uh, mm. uh, a Sunday with no, with no football is really, really... Uh, Indeed. Although if you kind of shut your eyes and listen to how people are talking about the elections, you could pretty much believe it was a football match. Yes, almost. Um, Yourself, sir? I thank you for asking, Dan. I uh, watched um, Jose Mourinho's Manchester United, so also had a football-free weekend. Um, mm. And I then went to watch a friend in a boxing match in the evening, and then oh, I went really? to his place for a couple of drinks. And then on Sunday, we went to my girlfriend's dad's friend's place for lunch, and then we went to see the Snowman at the cinema. Don't go and see The Snowman at the cinema. The Snowman? It I haven't even heard of The Snowman. I, I was sort of looking for... They, for some reason, wanted to go and see it. I read the reviews and heard it was absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, and thought, yeah, this sounds like something that might be bad enough to be entertaining. And it isn't even that. It's, it's not it's really... It's just bad. It's neither as bad as the reviews make out, nor as good as a mediocre film. It's, a, it's definitely bad. It's just not sort of even amusing. Oh. Uh, bad. So a bit disappointing all around, really. Oh, you mentioned uh, Manchester United... Mm. And well, we have uh, not a lot of things to talk about this week, so I can say that this, that which is a uh, news, has to do more with gossip and, and related to football, but more gossip, which is that the goalkeeper of Manchester United and national team, Indeed. Argentina national team, uh, Sergio Romero, will have his third child with his wife, Eliana Garcia, who is a former oh. uh, pole dancer or street dancer or something like that. Congratulations. Congratulations. He's, he's keeping happy, happy news from us. He's keeping the pace with Messi, right? As, yeah, as will Lionel Messi. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes. So there we go. Um, let's, let's babies come. Indeed. Uh, anything else to talk about? No, I don't think so. So, Copa Argentina, that's been happening. We mentioned mm. last week with address that the uh, quarterfinals would all be taking place between our last recording and this recording. Um, indeed, one of them took place immediately after our last recording. That was River. Uh, Again, Atlanta. Atlanta, thank you. Yes. Uh, and it finished 4 1 to River. Yeah, I've completely forgotten. Um, I did, from I did read that score out at the end of the, of the um, thing, of course. Uh, yes, yeah, Saraki. From Saraki, the Uruguayan, then Nacho Fernandez, then Auski, and I, uh, forgot, I forgot the other one. I think it was Nacho Fernandez again, wasn't it? Didn't he score two? No, the, he scored the second one, then Auski, 
And there was one I, I missed. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. It's the one from Atlanta, it's, it was from Martinez. Martinez, yes. Uh, River in the semi final will play Deportivo Moron, who beats. Olimpo. Thank you. Oli- I should have brought these statistics up rather than the league ones before we started recording. Would have been more helpful. Yeah, it would. Um, let's see whether they've got them on, on the TN website. Copa Argentina, yeah, they have. Uh, who beat Olimpo 1 0 thanks to a goal from, uh, what's his name, Romero, I think it was. Rossi. Rossi, thank you. I, I remember mm. it began with an R O. Um, to provide the underdog story of this year's Copa Argentina, um, the other semi final will be between Atletico Tucumán and Rosario Central, the perennial runners up in the Copa <laughs> Argentina. Um, Atletico beat Vélez Sarsfield 1 0 in. Oh, they've not got the venues here. So it's somewhere. In Argentina. I think that was in. That one was in uh, Cordoba, wasn't it? And Godoy Cruz against Central, I have a feeling, was in. Or was that one in Cordoba? Godoy Cruz Central was in Cordoba, and uh, Atlético Tucumán against Vélez was in Santa Fe. Thank you very much, Andres. Well done. Uh, You're better prepared than I am. Central beat Godoy Cruz 3 2 in what sounds like it was the most entertaining of the Copa Argentina quarterfinals. Did either of you catch any of them? I watched the Atlanta game. Which was a decent game, actually. And Atlanta were pretty unfortunate. They, I wouldn't say they had the best of the first half, but they definitely kept River pretty quiet. They made them work, yeah. They made them work. And then, just at the end of the first half, they had a meltdown. The first goal was nice, actually. Coco um, uh, doing really well to draw a defender away, and then playing Sarachi, who, who blasted the ball home with, with a fury. A real Uruguayan fury. And then... Immediately after the, that goal, Atlanta kicked off. Nicolas Bianciarsi, who was formerly of San Lorenzo, mm. formerly of Olimpo, formerly of Manico, formerly of Banfield. I think he played in Greece as well, and, and possibly Spain, or possibly Italy. So he's reading around the box, but he's also a uh, fanatic of Atlanta. Oh. He's always I been wonder a, why, why he'd gone there. I didn't yeah, it was, he's a lifelong Atlanta fan. The game that means everything. He looked like a fan of Atlanta at that point. No, at that point, no, because he proceeded to just gift the ball away to Nacho Fernandez with just a really weak pass. Hmm. Uh, Fernandez converted and it was 2 0. And you know that, you know, your Metropolitana team playing against the Primera team, the 2 0 down at half time, you think, yeah, it's game over, isn't it? And it was pretty much the case. But. Indeed. Yeah, it was a good day out for the Atlanta fans. I'm still pretty seething about the logic of playing a game between two Capital Federal teams in San Juan. Yes, indeed. As we Particularly say, when one team is you know, fairly local and yeah. and you probably could have done it in Vélez Stadium or Racing Stadium or any of the big stadiums that are dotted around this, uh, this fine city rather than taking them a couple of thousand kilometres out of the way to San Juan. Again, we point out that this, but, is, you know, what this is a couple of um, When you allow a travel agent to a travel agency, sorry, to um, yeah. to organise your cup match, I'm just trying to find your volume down button. So, thank you very much. Um, yeah, to, to organise your cup competition. Indeed, um, but it was a good day out. I know a few of the guys who went, and it sounds like they're well done, Atlanta. Anyway, for making the first half interesting, at least. Um, and then in the second, the inevitable happened, and really. it wasn't, you know, by any means an onslaught, but it was, uh, it, it was what we were expecting for us to game, really. I think it's fair to say. Uh, I, no, remember, I'm sorry, I remember the third goal was uh, scored by Gonzalo Martinez mm. uh, in mm. something that Gallardo, uh, along the, all the all, during, during all the campaign in which he was at River since he became the coach of River, that there is something that is. Uh, almost happens almost always uh, when he makes a, a substitution, which is that the, the player that comes to the match or, or scores a goal or assists or, or makes an assist to another player who scores a goal because he introduced uh, Rojas to the match against Atlanta and I think it was two minutes after that he made the, the assist to, to Pity Martinez, yeah. who, was the, who was the one who scored the third goal. Uh, and yesterday, uh, with for Copa Libertadores, which I think I, we will talk about it later, but You're quite right. there was something similar. Uh, Indeed. Uh, Moron did not do what was expected of them um, against Olimpo. Uh, Olimpo, admittedly, haven't started 
in the best form in the Primera this season and Moron are not as I mentioned on Twitter a third division side at the moment but a second division side it's very hard to keep track when the second division is um, forced a little lower down the pyramid than it ought to be by the bloated size of the Primera um, Javier Rossi scored the only goal of the game with a header eight minutes into the second half which as we mentioned already means that the Gacho the Cox are playing the Hens um, in a poultry filled Copa Argentina yeah. semi-final between Moron and River Plate. When was the last time the chicken derby was played? That's yeah, I wonder we to look it up probably yeah. sometime in did Moron have a in the eighties. Yeah. Must have done. Yeah. Um, because they weren't in the in the B when River went down. Uh, Atletico Tucumán beat Better Sarsfield one 0 as well. That one was um, played. Was that last night? These, yes. these last two were last Possibly, night. Possibly, yeah. Yes. Um, the only goal of that game was scored by Fabio Alvarez um, about midway through the second half in a match which, from what I gathered of it, uh, I caught. I'm trying to remember how much of this one I watched. I, I saw bits and pieces. Oh no, I didn't see bits and pieces of it because it was at the same time as the um, Sudamericana last night, uh, which we'll get on to later on. Um, but yeah, it was fairly dull. And then Godoy Cruz against Rosario Central ended 3-2. Godoy Cruz were 2-0 up at half-time and 3-2 down by full-time. So Central keeping up a sort of proud but frustrating so far tradition in the Copa Argentina. That, by the way, was, was after Central had had uh, Fernando Tobio sent off right at the very beginning of the game. So they were playing with 10 men the entire time. Um, Godoy Cruz had a man sent off, Guillermo Fernandez. Uh, with the score at 2-1 and shortly after that was when Central equalised so I unfortunately didn't catch any of that game but it sounds as I said like yeah, it sounds quite fun the, yeah. the most entertaining of the lot really um, goals from Washington Camacho Federico Carrizo and Fernando Sanpedri for Central after Fabricio Aquileri and Santiago Garcia had scored for Godoy Cruz in the first half uh, semi-finals then who are looking like our favourites for the trophy. We asked this last week, but now that we know who the semi-finals are, we'll ask it again. You've got to put River in favourites, right? Probably. I think so. And I think that there will be another River and Rosario Central final. Yeah, you reckon? Yes. Hmm. The interesting, yeah, book. The interesting thing, that. obviously, is that River are, um, come what may, are, are, are qualified already for next year's Libertadores, which means that if if they do win then it would be the losing finalists who take the Libertadores qualification spot next year so Atletico Tucumán if they get through their semi-final are mm-hmm. guaranteed um, continental football for the second year running having never had it before because obviously if they win the Copa Argentina they qualify and if they, if they don't win the final then they qualify anyway um, it is sort of it's a bit of a shame that it has to be Moron against River from a River sympathiser's point of view because I would have quite liked to see Moron qualify for continental football by winning the combat. Yes, it would be interesting, it would be interesting. P- partly, to see it whether Afa, partly to see whether the AFA find a way of screwing them over because they're not in the Primera and saying, no, you've got to be in the top flight because that's not, I don't think it's currently written into the rules but it has been in the past. So yeah, I mean, at least not in incomminable rules because there's been a no. few teams from the second division who've gone into... To continental competition. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, a couple of years ago it was definitely there because there was a, a lower division side in the latter stages and somebody said if they win the Copa Argentina they won't actually get to play in the Libertadores. Well, I thought that was just for league placing, like with the Promedios, if you got your place in Libertadores or Sudamericana, but... I think as of now it is. But I think um, it was... Oh, it might have been a team that got relegated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it was only in yeah. for the teams that got relegated. If you so, did it for yeah, a cup competition, right. obviously the cup, cup competitions in... Qualification didn't exist yeah. before what last year or the year before. It, or if you win the cup competition, story. I can get relegated in the same season because if you suffer a relegation, then you can't do it. The semis yes. don't have any dates confirmed yet, Suppressed. so we're not going to tell you what those are. Could be in a month. It could be in a year. Could be in. Could a be decade. in twenty eighteen. Well, no. And uh, the other football to round up is the continental football, which Andres has already hinted at. The it, it's very confusing. Um, Conmebol um, are trying to make the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana more attractive to foreign television viewers by completely confusing everybody about which competition it is we're watching at which time and that is why we have the Copa Libertadores semi-final first leg between River Plate and Lanús yesterday evening at quarter past seven and then 
a Copa Sudamericana um, quarterfinal first leg immediately after it. And right now we're watching a Copa Sudamericana match, Nacional of Paraguay against Independiente, mm-hmm. and later this evening will be the other Libertadores semi-final uh, between Gremio and Barcelona de Guayaquil at the same time as Flamengo against Fluminense in the Sudamericana, one of the continent's biggest derbies. Um, and then later we'll have the Copa Libertadores game. Yeah, which is, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, at the same time as the as, as Flamengo. Right. Um, gotcha. So putting not only putting them on, <coughs> on the same evening, but also having one of them at the same time as a continent is just... <laughs> why don't they separate it out and make each thing you know, just put the Sudamericana on Thursday nights do it like the Europa League even though because there they are different uh, the, the banner or the videograph of the matches are different just because of that because if not it's, you're, you're watching a match between two South American teams and yes you, you could get confused of course exactly mm-hmm. I mean okay fair enough it's, it's Flamengo against Fluminense clearly is not a Libertadores semi-final because when did either of those two teams last get into the semi-finals mm-hmm. of the Libertadores? But it's still, I'm imagining, quite confusing to people who are not as up-to-date with the competitions as we are. Independiente have just scored, by the way. Oh, uh, is that yes. Fernandez? Ma- Maxi Mesa. Maxi Mesa, thank you. Um, to go 1-0 up after 20-something minutes. Seven minutes. Quite like up the far corner of your TV there. Um, 27. 27 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a confusing one, but anyway, we do have some Argentine action to talk about. So, River played Lanús on um, Tuesday in the Libertadores semi-final first leg. I'm going to just continue to repeat this every time because, as I say, it's confusing. Um, and they got a 1-0 win, which I think that it's fair to say they deserved. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. That was the main um, justification. I wasn't expecting Andres to argue, of course. But um, yes, yes, so, be, yeah. because of the uh, of the attitude, they deserve uh, perhaps a win with more, more goals than they they finally got. But if if you if you uh, talk about the, the the real options they had uh, compared to the, the the way they played uh, because of that attitude, yes, perhaps the the, the result was was fair was one nil because. River did have a lot of uh, goal or clear, clear situations to, to score, uh, but uh, yes, Danus clearly uh, when when they they saw that River was uh, with the attitude of, of getting pushing them to, to their box, uh, I think that they they at that point they thought well yes, new nil is a great result for us because then we, we can uh, that of course uh, this this thing of the goal away goal made. Uh, uh, away teams to try to push harder and not to be comfortable and mm. that, that, that was what Lanús did last night uh, and uh, ta- uh, taking that into account I think yes River largely deserved the win perhaps uh, another goal would have been uh, good uh, in my, uh, from, my, from my point of view and fair also but well one deal then you have to go and defend there at Lanús which is also hard but but I mean, you don't just have to defend. You know, I, I, I think that, in a way, almost the cleverest thing River can do is just go for a proper sort of onslaught for the first 20, 10 or 20 minutes. Because if they get an away goal, then that means Lanús yeah. completely screwed. Because yeah. Lanús, I was really surprised by it. Not necessarily because, oh, who would have thought that an away team coming to the Monumental would defend? Because they all do. And River have shown several times this year that they find it difficult to play through packed defences. Um, they, they're still that, that little bit of something in the, in the final third at times um, but more that Lanús did it because they normally play such attacking football I think they had one shot last night yeah one like that. it was, it was well, quite yes. bizarre and you know as I say now if, if River do snatch an early goal away mm. from home when Lanús are going to have to come out a bit more attacking so they're going to be giving River more space at the back mm. um, in the first half I think they were more, more thinking in, in trying to uh, block the other the other team's uh, weapons or, or ways yeah. of attacking. Yeah, just trying to disrupt, break up on the river. Yeah. yeah, I must admit, as a neutral, it made for pretty turgid view, and it wasn't a classic in any sense. But yeah, that's sort of about as much as I can say about it. I, I think if if River had found the goal earlier, then the game would have had to open up, and, and mm. well, probably River would have won by more than one. 
um, as it was Nacho Ekoko scored in the something like the 81st 82nd minute um, after a, a shot that was not quite gathered from Gonzalo Martinez um, and so yeah River have the upper hand there and as we say the second semi-final kicks off later on tonight um, in Guayaquil yes. uh, between Barcelona and the other lot uh, Gremio um, I will give you the full-time score of that as well as the full-time score of Nacional against Independiente after the full-time music on the end of this podcast there was also another continental match to discuss sorry Dan I've remembered it that's right. that was in the same stadium as the one that we're watching right now funnily enough um, yeah that was um, a bit of magic scheduling because uh, Racing played Libertad of Asuncion last night and Independiente play Nacional tonight Mm. So what happens? The Asuncion Airport saw fans of both teams there at the same time. Huh? And I don't think they had too much, you know, there was a bit of aggro, a bit of singing and saying the others are a fucking idiot, but didn't look like it got too out of hand, luckily. That's but that was, yeah, I'm guessing Comedy were very happy because they could be owing a lot of money to... Uh, to Asuncion Airport right now Indeed. if everything got smashed up Although I guess if they both get through then that could be a classic goal well yeah that's another story altogether that's pretty unavoidable uh, I've got to say though to, uh, just thinking to have like um, a set two between two barras Airport's not a bad place to do it because you can't like carry weapons you have metal detects and stuff so you, as far as you can have a good clean fight that's probably about the only venue yeah. you can have it that's, that's a good point yeah um, uh, back to the match Racing lost 1-0 with a goal from someone who I can't remember Salcedo. now Salcedo there was a lot of um, old Paraguayan strikers playing last night who you've, you kind of hear their name and you think ah, there was Salcedo you had Oscar Cardoso Oscar Cardoso Freddy Barredo came off the bench it was like a who's who of washed up Paraguayan strikers which was about as much fun as I could get from the game because it was another Really uninspiring performance from Racing. That takes us to, I believe, one goal scored in about seven games now. Not uninspiring in the same way as Lanús against River. In you know, they weren't setting out to just defend and spoil the game. It was just they didn't really seem to to be very good at what they were no. trying to do. Well, this is something that's um, that's been recurring for a Racing. Oh, one one by the way. No, one one. Nacional have equalised against the Union. It's a recurring thing of Racing, like. They can play four at the back, they can play five at the back, they can play three up front, two up front, two wide men, two through the middle, but the impression you get, I don't know if this is what you get, it's just kind of, they always play like 11 people who have never been on the same pitch as each other. Mm. There's kind of no connection, there's no link play, and it's not that there's not good players there, because you've got people like uh, Victor Ibarwen, who was, what was it, a Libertadores winner for Nacional. If I remember correctly, he was there. Was he? Yeah, I believe so. Ibargo was there for uh, Nacional when, he won, when they won last year. I'm sure. Hmm. Anyway, we'll say that. We can check it later. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Lisandro Lopez, everyone knows who Lisandro Lopez is. you got um, Arevalo Rios, who's been to two World Cups. These aren't bad players, but no. it's just the kind of lack of, of coher- coherence in the team. It's... It's weird, and you've got two strikers of the quality of Lopez and um, Kike Treverio, who score goals everywhere he's played, mm. wherever he's gone in the world, uh, constantly playing 40 yards from the goal with their back to goal, no one going past them, and it's just a procession of trying to jam, I wouldn't even say square pegs, kind of star-shaped poisonous pegs into round holes. And it's not working for Racing. Like something's got to change. There was one encouraging thing from last night, which was the return of Lautaro Martinez after four months out injured, and he came on and he gave Racing a bit more venom up front. I think. Yeah, he did. In the what did he play the last twenty minutes or so, wasn't quite enough. But all in all, given those kind of problems Racing have had, you could say the defence was solid enough. The goal was nice, to be fair. And 1-0 is reversal. The thing is, can Racing score goals? At the would, moment, would, I, a manager, would a manager with less goodwill behind him than Coca from his previous spell at Racing be coming under pressure already? Do you think, is Coca coming under pressure? 
Not for now, and not only because he took Racing to the Championship in 2014, but also because he had a fantastic start to the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, Racing were way down under Zielinski, yeah. not changing for anything, and Coca, I think he won something like 10 games out of 15 and dragged him up from 12th to 3rd, so, so he's definitely got credit in the bank for that, if nothing else, and for having qualified Racing for the Libertadores next year. Um, he's got time left, but it's worrying. You kind of look every week and you say, look, uh, a lot of these players are new, they need time to to fit in, but as the time goes past, they seem to play worse together, not better. So there's no pressure on him as of yet, but he, as a professional, will want to get to the bottom of this because, because it's not good. No, indeed. Um... When is the second leg? Are all the second legs next, next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same for the Libertadores, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, when, it was a very short turn. Oh, of course, because that's why um, Tacheras against Rivers has been moved to Saturday yeah. night this weekend. This bizarre schedule when you go three months without a game and then you have two in two weeks. Yeah. And all this stuff. I was uh, going to ask, uh, how are the new signings playing? Because I, I, what I watched them from uh, Orban, for example, uh, I was... This is the one that uh, a lot of teams from Argentina wanted yeah, to sign yeah, yeah. Uh, when he went uh, to, to Europe and well, mm-hmm. he was at France, then he went to Genoa, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Italy. And now I, I watch him play and I said, mm-hmm. well. I'll say in Norban's defense that he's played quite very few games for Racing. This was about his third or fourth start. And he's been in and out of the team. He's played in four-man defences, five-man defences. He's, I think he's struggled to settle in for, with that, so we haven't really seen that much from him, but there's confidence that it will, that it will get better with time. Among the other strikers, Arevalo Rios started very badly, but now he's, he's looking pretty good. Mm. Although I do have the, a suspicion that despite his good performances in isolation, he is part of the problem even though he's a player who I really do like why uh, do you say that? Uh, for these reasons I was talking about this kind of lack of connection lack of kind of oomph going forwards yeah. and sometimes when you have that sort of uh, holding midfielder who's not the, um, the best ball player let's say no. it does and you're looking for that first pass from midfield when it's Arevalo yeah, Rios making sure. it it does kind of put the whole the rest of the machine into a jam let's say mm-hmm. it might be that it might be something else entirely but aside from that uh, the two guys out wide Soto and Solari who came from Banfield and Estudiantes respectively have probably been the best two uh, two signings they've both done pretty well Solari has been probably Racing's player of the season so far now that you're naming them all, it's quite a lot of signings you made, actually. It's a it? lot of signings, yeah. yeah. Very up front. The start of the Again, season. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably feeds into it as well, the, the lack of uh, connection between the players. Yeah, totally, totally. But as I said, they seem to get worse every week, not better. Yeah. Which is the worrying thing. Indeed. Um, so the other Sudamericana, we didn't really mention the Sudamericana last week, so we might as well just discuss what the other fixtures are so that people know. Um, the other Sudamericana fixtures, so Libertad beat Racing 1-0, Nacional Independiente is currently 1-1 after about 30, is that nearly 40 minutes, 39 minutes, 44 seconds. Um, the other two quarterfinals are Sport Recife against Atletico Junior of uh, Brazil and Colombia respectively, and as we already mentioned, Fluminense Flamengo. Um, those are both being played, oh no, they're not both being played um, today, in fact, Flufla is at for some reason an hour earlier than the normal Brazilian time um, of 21.45 is of course 2.9 tonight and uh, and then Sporting at Junior tomorrow night is of course to 10 Argentine time oh which is also Brazilian time in fact so yeah that's fine <laughs> um, and yes the return fixtures are all next week the 1st and 2nd of November um, anything else to, to fill in the first half with? Uh, let's have a think uh, there was something in the, in the match between River and Lanús last night, mm-hmm. which was that even though there, it, I thought it was prohibited to, to uh, get into this team with, with flares, they, mm. they, there were some flares thrown, and even that, that disturbed even Gallardo because it frizzed 
like, uh, made the game uh, freeze and he wanted to, to have a, a more continuous play and the referee had to, of mm. course, uh, Sampaio from Brazil had to stop the game from a few moments because of that. And, mm. uh, apart from that, there, uh, of course, uh, Conmebol will analyze whether there is a fine, uh, economical fine or not yeah. to waiver because of that, because of course it was uh, apparently pro prohibited, but there, was, there were flares anyway. We could also mention that after eight years of glorious freeness, we're going to have to pay for football again. Oh yeah, in a really confusing and annoying way. Yes. Bringing it back in the last weekend of the calendar month, as I mentioned to you, so our subscription... It's not that much of a coincidence though, really, no, since we had not. elections last week. No. Now <laughs> we've got to pay for football the following week. But given that it's 300 pesos a month and they charge you by the calendar month, they could have just given us this one last weekend included in the package. Um, Indeed. Before starting to... Rip. Because so, the, 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 deal, the deal was that the, the following... Weekend uh, after the elections, mm -hmm. yeah. people will have to pay independently of the, the date or the number yeah, of exactly. I saw a government source say to La Nación that it had nothing to do with the elections, it was just a coincidence. Mm. Just a coincidence. Of course it was. <laughs> I believe the, pieces they, of his face were falling they, off as he was saying that. The Direct TV website, at least, I checked a couple of weeks ago and they said they were, that it was going to be um, uncodified until the end of this month. Until the 31st of October, which is next Tuesday. And, and some were saying until February. Two days ago that Apparently. Not um, so, yeah, if, uh, when you're listening next week, listeners, if, you, if, if I don't appear to have seen any of the matches, that's why, because I'm not going to pay 300 pesos for one weekend when no one's paying me to watch it. Yes. Um, I haven't got that money, unfortunately. The, the, the future, yeah, sure. I mean, the package per month, I'll have to pay it. But uh, for one weekend, I think I might just take the weekend off. Anyway. We'll just go and watch River in a cafe around the corner, have a 30 peso cup well, of coffee. Well, not even watch River because they're going to be fielding a reserve team because they're going to Doris, aren't they? Um, Which are the four matches that we'll have, still we'll have the, for free? The four matches Banfield that Colon is one part of the package are Banfield v Colon on um, Friday night. Sorry, I think it's Banfield v Union. Let me just check. Colon, because I did this <laughs> earlier for a piece. Uh, okay, in that case it's <laughs> Union against somebody else. Yes. Uh, it is. Oh, that's not, that's the Bundesliga. I just clicked Primera Division and it's taken me to... Oh, because it's Alemania, not Argentina. Right, that helps, doesn't it? Yes. Argentina, Primera. Ah, here we go. Um, the fixtures this weekend, which are going to be free, are the one of the... So, yeah, Banfield Colón on Friday, and then Union against Godoy Cruz on Saturday afternoon, and then the two Monday night ones, which are Defensio Justicia versus Olimpo, and Tigre versus Rosario Central. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, I might just not bother watching any of them. Um, or find a... You're saying you're not going to watch Defensa Justicia against Olympia? Olympia? No, no, I'll be in the pub. Um, or I'll find a cafe maybe to watch Boca Belgrano or something, since we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that, but we'll see. I, even I'm, River, who, I'm getting quite fed up. Of, even River, <laughs> that we'll play, for, for sure we'll play with reserves, because... Yeah, precisely. So there's no point in, in going out of your way to, to watch them. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm a supporter, but also that one's on at 20 past mm. 8 at night. So the second half is going to coincide with dinner time. Um, for, for those of us who eat at, at Argentine time, of course, which is all three of us and, uh, and other people. So, yeah, I just I don't know whether I can really be asked, to be honest. We'll see. I'll, I'll just wait until next week and then get back to watching it then. You get an idea of how they've all played from reading things and watching, well, not YouTube highlights because the broadcasters are cutting down on those now as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so they're basically making it as hard as possible to watch football. They are. Which is great. Indeed, that's how it should be. Yes. So we're led to believe. Um, anything else before we break for half time? Don't no, let's go to the break. We'll go to a break now. When we come back, we will answer some listeners' questions and think of something else to talk about. Don't go away. talk about violence in Argentina. Well, Dan mentioned Barra Barabas during the first half and we're going to talk about Independiente and Racing Barra Barabas. Um, Racing because apparently uh, earlier today some Racing Barras robbed um, 
players from Huracan's youth team in the middle of the road, presumably on their way back via road from Asuncion. Mm-hmm. Um, outside Rosario, took, uh, took clothes and cellular telephones. God knows why they were still clothes. Why did you do that? But anyway, maybe they were really nice clothes. Um, being worn by 17-year-old footballers. Yeah, well done, guys. Top stuff. Um, and Independiente, Barra Brava, um, big baby, Bebote Alvarez, the capo of Independiente's Barra, that's leader, Don, um, has an arrest warrant, an arrest warrant, as I almost said, um, out on his head um, for, I forgot what it's for. No, for extorting Ariel Olan. Thank you, yes. Um, he gave an interview or several interviews saying that um, he'd been uh, sitting in on Anne's car having a nice gentlemanly chat as, as all of the Barras always do with managers and mm. all the managers are perfectly Friendly, happy with yeah. this. Um, but apparently somebody has taken exception to it and, and says that uh, he was actually threatening him with um, nasty things. And yeah, he wanted, so, yeah. I believe, tickets for tonight's game in Asuncion plus $50,000. There we go. Yeah. A, a nice friendly chat. Yeah, yeah. All friendly chats us end with that kind of request, right? Indeed. Um, We're asking Sam for the same at the end of this podcast. Yes, you are, and you will be getting much the same response if you do. Uh, that's about it. So that was another two minutes of podcast used up. And now, in, in, with a lack of much else to discuss before we go on to listeners' questions, we're just going to look through this weekend's fixtures. Um, uh, oh, God, what have I just done to my inbox? No, nothing good. Uh, we're going to look through this weekend's fixtures and discuss what they mean. Um, the fixtures coming up for this weekend are Banfield versus Colón, Argentinos Juniors versus Arsenal. God, grief, that's... Uh, Argentinos... <laughs> That, that should be they've, a fairly comfortable home win, actually, shouldn't it? They've lifted um, a bit, yeah, they're looking a bit better now. Union versus Godoy Cruz, Huracan versus Lanús, San Martín de San Juan versus Estudiantes, Atlético Tucumán against Racing in the clash of the sky blue and white striped teams, mm-hmm. Tacheres versus River in Córdoba, and then on Sunday, Newell's Old Boys versus Chacarita Juniors, Gimnasia y Grima La Plata versus Vélez Sarsfield. Timberley versus San Lorenzo de Almagro, Boca Juniors versus Belgrano, Independiente versus Patronato, and on Monday night, as we mentioned already, Defensa y Justicia versus Olimpo and Tigre versus Rosario Central. I still can't roll that R at the beginning of Rosario quite properly. Um, does it mean that much still at this stage of the season? It does, because the league season is, the league table is taking shape, and mm. particularly with Boca Juniors. Six points clear um, of four teams in joint second. River, San Lorenzo, Colón, and Lanús all have 12 points, and Boca have 18. Um, it, it, this, you know, Boca could conceivably open up an absolutely massive lead at the very early stage of the season. Yeah, you've got to say that Boca, with no continental competitions to play and with no Copa Argentina now, uh, since the other week when Rosario Central, Rosario. Sam Rosario Thank you, well left them kicked them out they only have the league to, to focus on and fair play they're making the very most of that they've really won every game without too much trouble so far and the teams closest to them which I believe is River and San Lorenzo mm-hmm. have been dropping points um, River have drawn three in a row after yeah. keeping pace with Boca for the first three games and you have to say that we've River now, with their noses in front of the Libertadores, I'm not going to say it's uh, a, done, a done deal. You know, yeah, they're not guaranteed to make the final by, by any stretch, but they've got their noses in front, and you wouldn't be surprised to see them in the final now. Mm-hmm. So that means another three games at least um, where they're going to be putting out a weak inside in the league. Including this coming weekend when they played Tacheres, who are only one point behind. Tacheres Indeed. is six on yeah. 11 points. So. That's the kind of game where they could conceivably drop points. Yeah. You, and, and they have they, they will play each other, River and Boca, the other weekend. Next Just weekend, right? Five, yeah. day, five days after River plays Lanús for yeah. Boca Bert, So uh, if they advance to the, to the, to the finals, yeah. yes, of course, uh, they, the players will be able, or they will... Desire, desire to play against Boca yeah. but it will be very difficult for all of them to be uh, so now I'm wondering if this is a potential weakness of yes. changing the Libertadores calendar I mean obviously 
it makes a whole lot more sense to make it a year-long competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any of us can dispute that. But with the realities of South American football, the the long distances, the differences, let's say, in training methods between South America and Europe, which means the players don't have generally the same kind of resistance and, and fitness levels. Will we be seeing this more often, um, where teams playing all year, instead of just giving up six months of league football, have to give up 12 months because really, Boca this year from January to December have benefited massively from having their rivals playing in two or three competitions. Yeah, I think it's going to River be lost a lot of points in the first half of the year where they could have mounted a, a real title challenge and they've also done it in the first half of this year. So yeah. that's almost but then, two titles that Boca can say one thanks to this anomaly. I don't know whether it's it's something that's necessarily more of an anomaly in in England uh, in Argentina than it is elsewhere. I mean, because if you look at England, for instance, Chelsea definitely benefited last season from not being involved in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, th- there are equivalents, but I do think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but in Europe, they don't play two separate teams when they're in like the same group of players, no, mainly I'm, playing both competitions. But you know, I also if think they're tired or not, it's a different story. But but the the, the way that that we talk about the, the stress on the squad and everything can be a little bit exaggerated as well because this season there are 27 matches in the league yeah. it's not 38 like a yeah, proper league would be. so the um, real exaggeration is insisting of, on playing mixed teams and reserve teams when you're only playing two competitions when you've well, only got 40 games a year at most if you get to a final over the whole course of the season it, it, it ought to even out I would think I mean yeah. I, obviously it's entirely understandable why River yeah. and Lanús presumably, are going to field reserve sides this weekend. You wouldn't mm-hmm. expect them to, to put out the starting eleven when they've then got to turn around and play on Tuesday, is it? The second Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. Um, straight away, but I just, I, I don't know. It's sort of, yeah, yeah, okay, on the one hand, you have to give up the league campaign, and on the other, you've, you've got the yeah. chance to win the Copa Libertadores. Um, and it, it should, I guess, get mitigated to an extent when, slash if, um, the Superliga moves back to or moves to sorry mm. in the Superliga's case but when the, the top flight moves back to um, being a calendar year sort of February to December which season, should be which at the start of 2019 that's the idea that they're that's talking it. about yeah we'll have to see what actually ends yeah. up getting um, confirmed of course because I mean I can, I can see the logic of putting out a week inside at the weekend if you're going to Ecuador if you're going to Mexico which uh sometimes 20-hour flights with very little turnarounds and you've basically spent the whole week either preparing for a, for a continental match, training or playing. But yeah. if you're going from Lanús to River, I think it's a 40-minute trip in, on the coach. Like. Sure, yeah, but the, the semis are, are particularly big. I mean, if they were doing it in between the round of 16 or something, hmm. then, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go yeah. with you. But I also think there's, there's a little bit of a fear here in particular of... Uh, what happens if the player picks up an injury? What happens if this guy breaks his leg? Well, that's while just playing a that's football. <laughs> no, exactly. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. But I think that there is more of a, a, a fear to yeah. play because of that like a paranoia. Than, there, than there would be in Europe. Possibly. Um, possibly. That might just be my imagination. No, no, I think you're onto something there. There's definitely some sort of paranoia about, you know, playing in two competitions. Big, big like, seat attempt yeah. fate or whatever. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, anyway, yeah. league leaders, Boca Juniors... Uh, at home to Belgrano. Yes. They have new coach right now. We will see. He's a new coach. Yes. He was the old coach, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> the old was Mendes, uh, ah, Mendes, and Mendes. now he's Pablo Lavallén. Gallego Mendes. The former, I think, Tucumán coach. I think he's a decent coach, but well, I don't know whether he can do a lot of things yeah. in, in only 10 days or one week when, since he was. Uh, uh, hired or signed, signed in. And yes, he came in after Mendes stood down following the um, the nil nil draw in the classical. In fact, that we yes. mentioned last week. An ex Belgrano coach, Zielinski, funnily enough, left Atletico Tucumán recently, right? Yes. Or did he not leave? Uh, yeah, he left. I think he left. Yeah, yeah, he did. Can't remember who's been. Brilliant! How these these coaches just seem to go around the teams. Isn't it just? It's just a merry-go-round. We mentioned it in, in, 
early on in Hand of Pod history, we talked about that previous generation. Indeed. Now the new generation are doing exactly the same. Now there's a new generation, slightly maybe below the the very top level of managers now in Argentina. Um, But yeah, well, and and Racing have reappointed Cocker, so I guess in a way it's not necessarily below the very top level. Before, uh, after Zielinski. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So maybe they are creeping in. Um, other attractive looking matches this weekend that you'd be well placed spending your 300 pesos of um, extra cable money on would be uh, really struggling to they could have chosen a more attractive week to introduce this payment couldn't they Um, (laughs) they just had to I think they had to do it now just so they wouldn't be accused of bringing it in before the Super Classica right indeed probably Um, but I I don't know whether they're not bothered I'm really honestly I think as missing weekends go, Independiente mi Patronato could be interesting, but again, mm. I'm assuming Independiente are going to feel the mm. second string side, given that between yeah. Sudamericana and legs. That's really real slim pickings there. Newell's against Chacarita, maybe? Chacarita Possibly. playing all right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're 27th. So but, yeah, I, I get that they're yeah. a little unlucky to be down there, possibly, but Newell's a 20th, having really had some very mixed um, kind of performances so far. I think Gimnasia versus Vélez actually looks potentially to be the yeah. the best match of the weekend in terms of perhaps not quality. Um, yeah, Vélez on one side bad. or the other, but yeah. on, on spread over both teams. And you say in normal circumstances, Atletico Tucumán, Racing might be decent. Last time they faced each other, it was 4-3 in Racing's favour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Racing again will be playing uh, a mixed side although they might play Laudaro from the start to give them a few more minutes possibly if they had any sense they'd do that if that could be sense. decent and Pulga Rodriguez would be playing which is always worth watching well there are a lot of teams that presumably will play with uh, not the usual uh, or the best team that yeah. perhaps the coach will will boot because uh, well Independiente Racing Atletico Tucumán Vélez mm-hmm. River Lanús uh, there are a lot of them that perhaps we will watch them play with different, a different formation or different players. Especially, for example, Independiente, who is playing now, now it's Wednesday, and they play on Sunday, not yeah. not Monday, right? They play on Sunday because it's Sunday. Yeah. No. Uh, yes, on Sunday. Evening. I must say, I'm regretting buying this football pack now and not waiting until the next weekend. <laughs> No, even next weekend they'll probably be shit as well. Indeed. Um, we will move on to some listeners' questions and comments as well. The first is a listener's comment via email. It's from Jimmy Lee. Hello, um, Jimmy. Who says, Hey guys, I just listened to the podcast from this week and first I'd like to say thanks for even mentioning Belgrano. Oh, you're welcome, Jimmy. I understand why we never get mentioned on the pod. I, I thought we mentioned them sometimes, but still. Uh, we mentioned them a few years ago, I think, like when they first came <laughs> in and they had a decent At least run. once, yeah, thanks for that though. Uh, he says we've been going, we've been poor going on three seasons now. Plus we're from the interior and you're based in Buenos Aires. But I need to call you out on some facts. Uh-oh. First off, Belgrano versus Tacheres is the Clásico de Córdoba. Belgrano and Tacheres are by far the two biggest clubs in Córdoba, and each have about four to five times more socios than Instituto. I'm sure we've said that before. I said, um, see, I, I said last week that, that I thought it was Belgrano who were the third biggest team. That's why I was right. Ah, about. that was nothing to do, Jimmy. I've always known it was Belgrano <laughs> So whoever informed you it was the second biggest Clásico is just trolling. Another thing to correct you on, Belgrano has played all of its home games this season in the Gigante de Alberdi. Thank you for this uh, this one, um, because I looked it up while we were recording, as Andres will say, and all of the headlines that I found were saying that the Clásico was the return match um, to that stadium. Um, he says the first game back was a win against San Martín. After three and a half years, the stadium remodeling was finished and we moved back to our home in Alberdi. Um, so thanks for pointing that out as well, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy is also our guest predictor this weekend, um, taking so he's Mystic Sound. part of Hunter Pod now. Yes, a Cordoba correspondent. Um, he, he adds the Classico was our third game back in the stadium. Tacheres will continue to play in the Kempes because they're a tiny little club and don't have a nice enough stadium of their own. There you go. Um, so thank you very much for that entirely unbiased and very informative um, correction, there, Jimmy. Uh, feel free listeners if, if we say something wrong about yes. your club to write in if you're an Instituto fan and you want to take Jimmy up on, on um, his uh, argument then you know also feel but free to write only in. one correction per episode because if not uh, yeah, otherwise we'll be here for yes. hours 
Uh, Tim Reader via Twitter says, How did Tobio get himself sent off in the first minute of that Rosario Central Godoy Cruz Copa Argentina game? I don't know, I didn't see it. It was, uh, yes, a uh, tackle from, from behind, perhaps. Yeah, could have been a, a yellow, but red, it wasn't unfair, so, yes, mm. uh, also. So uh, you could discuss and say, Yeah, well, yellow, because, but there is something that players and also supporters think, I think, wrongly for me. That if it's the first uh, tackle, they uh, it's not a red card. Mm. It shouldn't be a red card. And if he serves the red card because of the violence, yes, it, it should be a red card even uh, if it's in the first play of the match, like it was. So, like we could discuss that, but uh, uh, you can't say anything anything to Penel. I think it was Penel, the, the referee of the yes, match. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the short answer from someone who actually. Paid attention, thank you, Andres, because I thought we weren't going to have yeah, it. The, the that was it's, for it's idiocy. Yes, he <laughs> kicked uh, Moro Garcia. Uh, I, because I didn't say that. La Liga Gav says, Can River Plate do the treble? They look good against Lanús, but it was only the one goal. Uh, yeah, probably not, because I think that they're not going to win the league. But mm. they can do a cup double, why not? Yes. Cup and, it would cup and what five five yes. victories? In the Unless he's talking treble with the Club World Cup in Abu Dhabi. In that case, still no, because <laughs> <laughs> they're South American. Um, Tariq Al Haider says, "Shouldn't San Paoli call up Matteo Musacchio?" You're not the first person to ask this. Uh, I would go for potentially yes. I've, I haven't really seen Musacchio play. I, I don't know I, how he's playing. I thought he's got to be worth a look. If to start with, Milan is not playing well uh, mm. since a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of time since since Milan is not playing very well, and Musaki is there along with Bill, yeah. Mm. But uh, could be it's not something. I think it's not the the, the, the fundamental player or someone who we will need uh, as as a key part of the of the of the, of the team. I'd say uh, the central defender that. Argentina really need and they need in decent shape is Garay, right? Yeah, but he yes. said he doesn't want to play anymore. He's retired. What a bastard. From international football. What a bastard. Isn't it? Well, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> there we go. That's Dan's considered opinion. Um, Tom Robinson says, when Gashando leaves River, who do you think will be the contenders to replace him? What do you mean, when? If. Surely, Tom. Maybe he'll never leave. Um... <laughs> That's your considered opinion, right? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I think uh, that uh, I had a name in my head before I read this out. Independiente have just scored again to go 2-1 up early in the second half. Um, oh, who was I going to say? This isn't fair. I've forgotten my own. Do you response. not think Almeida could get another bite of the cherry? No. He's doing really good work in Mexico. But why would he come Jesus. back to Argentina? Yes, why well, wouldn't he? I'm not saying now, but at some point... Uh, at some point in the future, maybe. Yeah. I think he's more likely I think to think he deserves it, because he was pretty he's unlucky. Apparently really. He's been linked with Leicester mm-hmm. uh, in the last yeah. week. And maybe that? With Leicester? Yeah. Oh. I must say, it's very unlucky how he got treated. In and Pochettino was linked to Real Madrid. Not now, not mm. for now, but uh, for the time... The, the same question should, should be done for, for Zidane. If, when Zidane leaves Real Madrid, who will be the one who uh, will, you will mention to, to replace him? And it's Pochettino. As the directors of Real Madrid are thinking on him, but in the case of River and Gallardo, Paulo Montero, maybe. Paulo Montero right at uh, Colón and now at Colet uh, Central. Mm. But Central Colet, possibly, yeah. But I mean, he, he loses his temper a lot. Um, <laughs> doesn't happen with any other managers. No, I think the, the, the one who will leave uh, happy with Colet going to River will be your girlfriend, as he she knew him very well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's yeah. a big fan of Chacho Cordet. She, she likes the squareness of his head. Um, yeah. Um, no, I'm struggling on this. I don't know. Sao Paulo, maybe? Argentina crash and burn at the World Cup. <laughs> he knows he can't get to another change. European to make a shift. To yeah, the Chacho goes to Argentina, Sao Paulo to River. Yeah. Could happen. Could you happen. heard it here first, listeners. Yeah. Um, and Ursus Arctos says, any particular reason why attendance at Nacional Independiente in the Sudamericana is so poor? I think... I'm going to stick my head out and I know that I've already made a mistake once um, in, in last week's episode by saying this but I think that Nacional are not the biggest club in Asuncion and they are playing at by far the biggest stadium in Asuncion 
Um, and possibly everybody just would prefer to stay in and watch this, the Libertadores semi-final later because, as I said, it is a bit stupid they have one on the same evening. Mm. But, yeah. yeah, don't really know. And, and the Barras were, weren't uh, stopped in the, in the airport and with the Racing for us? No. no, they are independent. Oh, behind the goals, it's okay. Yeah. It's more, it's the massive on the sides, yeah. big stand right across from the camera that you always yeah. in European football want to be full and in South America they don't bother with filling it I did hear that tickets were an absolute rip off ah, really? like $200 for our popular for the away teams for the away team yeah do you know how much they were for the home team I don't know enough? no we shall see that that was for last night against Racing at least uh-huh. so I'm guessing it'll be the same for Independiente that, that's a, a, a sort of uh, sounds like a familiar tale that I've heard from um, our friend uh, our man in Asuncion Ralph Hanna, who, who no longer is in Asuncion, as it happens. But um, yeah, I'm sure he's mentioned that for Continental big games. But having said that, there aren't that many people behind the Nacional goal either. No. So as I say, I think it might just be that they don't really have many fans. Um, and they're sort of punching. Now they are showing the. You're going to get emails from my right Nacional fans now. Now they are showing. Well, they were showing <laughs> the, the supporters, and there were not a, a lot of them, but. No, mm-hmm. a decent amount. Plus, it was an early kickoff, seven pm. Maybe quite a few didn't go because they were working. Yeah, well, we're trying to come up with some excuses here for yeah. them, but we shall see. see. I, I think it's just there aren't any of them. Um, Let's see. And with that, those are all of our questions. So we're now going to play some mystical theme music, and when we come back, Mystic Jimmy will be taking on Mystic Sam in the predict off. Okay, here we go. This weekend's fixtures and predictions. Jimmy is going... Uh, no, sorry, I'll read out each match and, and then give each of our predictions, as I normally do. Uh, on Friday, Banfield versus Colón. Jimmy thinks he's going to be a Banfield win, and I do as well. And Argentinos against Arsenal. We also both agree that Argentinos will win that one. On Saturday, Jimmy is going for a draw with Huracan versus Lanús. I'm going to go for a Lanús win, because... I know that Lanus are going to be fielding an understrength side, but I think that they're kind of quite bad. Um, Union versus Godoy Cruz. Jimmy says draw. I say Union victory. San Martin versus Estudiantes. Jimmy's going for an Estudiantes win, and I think it'll be a draw. Atletico Tucumán against Racing. Atletico Tucumán to win, according to Jimmy. I'm going for a draw in that one. Tacheres versus River. Jimmy says River to win by three. Um, I'll just put that down as a river win though for the, the actual prediction uh, competition. Um, I'm going to go for a draw. Sunday, Newells versus Chacarita. Jimmy's going draw. I'm going Newells Old Boys win. Gimnasia versus Belles Sarsfield. Jimmy's going draw. I'm going Belles win. Tempele versus San Lorenzo, where both agreed will be a San Lorenzo victory. Boca versus Belgrano. Jimmy is being partisan and going for a Belgrano victory. <laughs> I'm going to stick my neck out and go for a Boca win. Bold, bold from Jimmy. Okay. Indeed. Um, Jimmy does accept that uh, he's, he's going to. He, he realises that Boca would actually probably win, but he's going to predict that anyway. He thinks that Belgrano will get the new manager boost. Independiente versus Patronato, where both agreed, looks like a draw. Um, and then on Monday night, Defensa Justicia versus Olimpo, we're both going for a Defensa Justicia victory. And Tigre versus Rosario Central, I managed to roll it there. Um, Jimmy's going for a Central victory, I'm going for a draw. As we already said, there's quite an uninspiring fixture list, really, this weekend. Yeah, I think we need but a couple of derbies coming up, right? We'll see. Next week, we will be going. previewing the Super Classico, which never fails to be disappointing and except for the last time they played it a year ago which when it did fail to be disappointing um, the last two have been alright actually I must say yeah oh, the last mm, three last mile two. river in the one minute oh I forgot about that one yeah of course um, oh we've just had a, a thing from um, Liam Kelly as well who's tweeted in right in the last second he says oh it's not a question in fact he's, he said poor from Lanus last night Almiron turned into Mourinho playing for a nil-nil and no interest in an away goal I can't recall him having a shot as I said, I think they have won at one point, but I can't really remember it. It was the, the run from La Torre Costa at the beginning of the match uh, that Montiel yeah. just uh, shot the ball to the corner and then I didn't remember yeah. any, any yeah. other 
For now, however, we will leave you, listeners, if you're going to be watching the football, whether it's on codified satellite television or internet streams or whatever, enjoy it, um, and join us again next week. For now, thank you for listening, and good night from Andres. Goodbye, thank you. From English Town. Goodbye and good night. And from me, goodbye and thank you. Full-time results in the continental competitions tonight. Independiente got a 4-1 win over Nacional eventually after an impressive second half. Um, and in the non-Argentine uh, semi-final of the Copa Libertadores, Gremio got a very impressive 3-0 win away to Barcelona de Guayaquil. So it looks as if it's going to be an Argentine side against a Brazilian side in the Libertadores final unless Barcelona can pull something out of the hat in the second leg.